Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Is Yutas Kislev? We continue. We left off. Tractate Tainus, eleventh page on the top. Amar Rav Yehuda Amar Rav, the third line from the top. Doctor Hilgi Gemara Amar Yehuda Amar Rav, Amariv Atzma, Shnasarav, and whoever participates in the pain of the world in a t- time of hunger eats less, also starves himself, or eats less regular, even if he has food, nitzel will be saved from, from a horrible death. We save from a horrible death. Shanema, what's the proof? Um, in other words, he'll die a, a natural death. People die also in the time of, but they'll, he'll die a natural death instead of dying from hunger or dying from a sword. You know, people, people are hungry, people turn on each other, and you can, there's violence. Hashem will protect them. It says in Job, During the hunger, Hashem will redeem you from, from death. So Midavi says in the hunger Hashem will redeem you from hunger. You won't you won't hunger you won't die from hunger. Why does it say Mimav is from death? Ella Hachikam. This is what the Pasik is saying. For the reward, the reward that he wants to participate with the with the pain, even though you yourself have enough to eat. But you want to participate in the pain of Yidin. So that merit nitzel you'll be protected from from any unnatural death. Because Hashem won't protect him from a natural death. It's not like you, you, if you if you're intended to die, you'll the natural death, you'll die. Hashem will protect you from from natural death. Well, one second, we just. But Ishlakish, Ishlakish said also ladl mishamish mitasi b'shnei ravim. You're not allowed to. You're not allowed to be intimate with your wife in a time of hunger. Then it says, Yosef had two of his, his two sons, Ephraim and Menashe, before the hunger, before the hunger came. He had his children before the hunger came. Because once there's a hunger, you're not allowed to be intimate. What about the Mitzrim? Specifically hunger. We're not saying uh, other th- others. There's always problems. Specifically hunger. Now it's very. Taisvus asks, "What do you mean? Yocheved was born. Was born when they crossed the boundary, the, the immigration. When when they crossed the border. So Levi. It means Levi had relations during hunger. So what's going on? Levi did have relations, and Yosef didn't." Taisvus says that it, was not, not a, it wasn't prohibited. Someone who wants, it's Hasidus if you want to. So Yosef acted in a Hasidic way. But Levi didn't. Yeah, but, but they were in Israel. So Levi was, there was a hunger. But the whole world was in the hunger. And Levi had relations during the hunger. So someone would say that because this, this prohibition is only if you're ready to fulfill your mitzvah. You had a boy and a girl, you're ready to fulfill your mitzvah. You didn't fulfill your mitzvah yet. Levi had sons, but he didn't have any girl. So you, therefore you had to be intimate to fulfill the mitzvah having a boy and a girl. The question is, how about Yosef? Yosef also. Also, also Yosef, it says, 
he had his children. Not only he wasn't intimate during the hunger, he made sure to have his children before the hunger. <laughs> so, so, so the answer is that the Rebbe explains that it says Shnei Ravin in the plural. If there's a hunger in the plural, only after there's a, two years of a hunger, if there's one year of hunger, it's not a proof that there's a, something special going on. It happens, it's a cycle. You have depressions, recessions, you know, it happens. But if it's two years in a row, then, then it's serious. Then you know that Hashem is upset. And, and Hashem so Levi had relationships. It wasn't yet two years of hunger. So he had relationships, right? Because they came down, the, you know, the second year of the hunger, after two years of hunger. Now Yosef, now Yosef, Yosef stopped because Yosef knew there's going to be seven years of hunger. He interpreted Paddy's dream. That's why he made sure he went even more. He made sure to have the children before the seven years of famine started. But as far as Levi is concerned, just because Yosef, as far as he knew, Yosef was an Egyptian. So the Egyptian interpreter decided that the interpreted the Paddy's dreams that there's going to be seven years of hunger. I'm going to base my life on an Egyptian interpreter. He had no obligation to base his life. Yosef knew who he was. So he knew that that was correct. Yosef had tzaddik, so therefore based, he knew therefore he stopped. He made sure to have his children before. But Levi had no obligation, the, Jew, the rest had no obligation based on, on, a, on an Egyptian interpreter that he should stop having children. So therefore he was allowed to have children. Okay. We learn... We learn... Those don't have children... We didn't yet fulfill the mitzvah. They're allowed to. They have a mitzvah that overrides. That overrides to identify with the congregation. You don't want to be intimate. The whole world is in pain. And it says also about the flood, about the mabel. During the mabel, no one was allowed to be intimate. The men were separate and the women were separate. The only ones who were intimate in the, in the teva was actually three, right? With the raven, with the dog, and Ham, <laughs> who acted like a dog. And, um, and, but, but the whole world is in pain, the whole world is being destroyed. It's not a time to enjoy yourself and to be intimate. Okay. Rabbanan, the rabbis learn, when the whole, when the entire Jewish people are in pain, and one person separates himself and he's having a good time. He doesn't participate. So then the two angels that accompany every person, and they put their hands on his head. This Jew who separated himself from the Jewish people, keeps himself apart. Will also not see in the comforting of the tzibur when Hashem miraculously helps the Jewish people, he won't either participate. It says... Masha says and says in Allahim we're gonna it means you don't daven for them if you can help them out. But if you can't help them out and there's a danger, there's no mitzvah for you to be in danger. If you can escape escape this danger, then it's uh, fine. That's not that means you're not separating yourself. That's when the congregation is in pain, I'll eat and drink with Shalom Allah and Peace unto me. Nothing is going to happen to me. 
In Maisa Kane, if he goes ahead and does it, Allah Vakas of Aimev and his Sassin with Simcha. It says in Isaiah, Sassin with Simcha, it's a joy, Hardrek, Bakr, Vashachet, Vatsayin. He's having a barbecue, he's having a party. Achel Bazar, Vashasas Yayan, Achel Vashasak, Imachar Namus. That's what the wicked say. The wicked say, we're going to die tomorrow. So party and have fun. Life goes by quickly. You might as well just die. You're going to die. You're going to be in the grave. No more Chinese restaurants. You might as well go and have fun while you can. Maxi Basse, what does it say afterwards? Prophet says, when Hashem hears, Hashem says, no, I heard from Hashem. He says, I heard, Isaiah the prophet says, I heard with my own ears what Hashem said, that this sin will not be forgiven until, until they die. Like he says, tomorrow we're going to die? So Hashem says, yeah, yes, you will die. You're not going to see the help. You're not going to see the tremendous miracle for the community. You're going to be going to die. That's your philosophy. Then it will be a self-fulfilling prophecy. Bryce continues. This is the average. In other words, they, they, they believe they're afraid of death, but they separate themselves from, from the community. So they say, we're going to eat and drink. Tomorrow we're going to die. But the wicked, what does it say? It says over there in Isaiah, Bring bring wine and let's drink and let's get drunk with old wine and tomorrow we'll make even a bigger party even more than today no they're not worried about that they're not thinking about that the average person at least thinking about that he says listen we're going to die so let's enjoy today the wicked says I'm never going to die he feels I'm never going to die life is one big party and we're going to tomorrow we're going to party even more and he doesn't even think for a moment that my existence will cease Maxi Basi what does it say afterwards Tzadik Ovid Ve'en Ish Sam Aliboy Ne'eron Nesaf HaTzadik when the Tzadik passes away no one no one takes the heart why he died and the reason why he died is because Hashem took him away so he shouldn't see the pain that Hashem decreed to come on the wicked so this is Hashem has a special special pain for these people their philosophy is that they're never going to die and life is just one big party from one party to even a bigger party or it actually explains that Hashem takes away the tzaddik so they shouldn't daven for, the, for these wicked. Or that, that their presence shouldn't be a protection for their generation. A tzaddik is so holy that even his being is already a present, uh, his, be- his presence is already, is already a, a shield that shields all the Rishoyim, right? So Hashem takes them away because Hashem is very angry at this person, the person, the Russian who lives and doesn't even think about death. You know, death at least sobers you up. You think, you remember that one day you're going to die, you better live, do something in your life, accomplish something. Didn't Abraham say if there was 50 righteous men, he yeah. would say, yeah. Yeah. Ella, rather, Adam in Matzibur, a person should hang himself with the community. Moshe participated. And with with the pain of the of the of the congregation of the community, 
in the time of the war of Amalek. Shnem, it says, when he sent them out to fight Amalek right before the giving of the Torah, Amalek attack had the chutzpah to attack the Jewish people, and Moshe sent them out to do battle, Yeshua. And he gathered the men, says, Moshe's hands were heavy. Then the Bashalah, and he put a stone, and he sat on the stone, and Adin Bechur held up his hands. The question is, Moshe couldn't afford a few pillows. Why do you have to sit on the stone? Why on the stone? This is what Moshe says. Since we saw Shurim Bitsar, they're hidden our pain. They're doing battle. Their life is at, life is at stake. I'm also going to be in Tsar. I'm going to sit on a stone, not on a comfortable pillow. Whoever participates in the pain of the congregation will also have the merit to see in their help. The Braise continues. A person will say, Who will know the difference? I'm sitting at home, the, the, the curtains are down, I'll eat and drink and be festive and merry. Who's going to know? Right? Who's it to me in? But it's not true. The, the, the stones in your house, the kaidas beza, and the beams. And the roof, your ceilings, especially today, today everything is online, everything is on the internet. You watch 24-7, there's no, there's no more any privacy. Even, even the silicon, the metal is already talking and, and, and telling everything, all your secrets. Remember what it says? It says in Habakkuk, Kievan Mikir Tizak, the stone from the wall, from the roof, will, will yell out, will shout out, and the Chafis, a brick, and then uh, we'll, we'll also speak up. So if someone steals money, everyone will know, <coughs> as if the stone itself is, is shouting out that I was stolen. And the brick between the wood will also shout out and say, I am stolen. Now they're putting a chip in everything. Everything is, there's, every, there's no secrets anymore. So too, Hashem will publicize. Whatever you're doing in your house, Hashem is going to publicize. Don't think, no one knows. Hashem will publicize. Hey, Amri. Right, so continues. He says, "Does he ship Rabbi Shila say Shnei Malachah Shor Zemalavan Leilad the Mei Midnulah? The angels who accompany everyone. We have angels who are accompanying us. They are the ones who testify because they leave. Because they leave him and uh, they don't protect him anymore. And now he's open." To, to damage and to hurt so that everyone will know that he's a sinner why all of a sudden all these terrible things happening to him so it must be in the privacy of his home he's not exactly so ay 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 it says Hashem it says in Psalm 91 today's today's that the angels I will command the angels to protect you and if the angels are not protecting you that means that we know everyone knows that you must be a sinner your neshama will testify will testify on you your neshama he says interesting because you have nefesh ruach and neshama so the nefesh, it says, the nefesh is the one that sins. And nefesh is the interface with the body, your thought, speech, and action. Even the ruach, 
but also so the only one that can testify is the neshama because neshama is like above remains so it can testify that's what Chaim Vital explains that's what he says neshmasr shalad amidala shanemar it says in micha don't believe in your friend mishicheves echeikha shemer pischei picha don't have faith in your close friend be careful don't speak don't speak against your friend even in front of your wife maybe she'll reveal it so he expounded this refers to the nasham that's in your body that's that's in your in your in 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 your bosom so you have to be careful don't sin because even even if nothing is going to happen to you in this world, but your neshama will testify in the world to come. Your neshama will testify. Everything we do affects us, is recorded. Everything we do affects us, leaves an impression. So your neshama will spill all the beans. You can't, no one knows. Every thought you had and every speech that you said and every action that we take 24-7 behind closed doors, the neshama, it's all... It's all Mark them the neshama. The neshama feels it and senses it. And there's no hiding. Maybe in this world you can hide. But the neshama comes above. Everything is there. Everything is open. Testifies. Others say, Your organs testify. It says, It says in Isaiah, You are my witnesses. Hashem is telling the Jewish people, You yourself are my witnesses. Your bodies, your organs will be the witnesses for everything that you've done with your organs in this world. In general, refers to Rav Nassim. So Rav Nassim says that you yourself will, will testify. You yourself will testify. And in the plural, many witnesses, because all your organs... All the organs in your body will testify. Like we find by Yeravim Benavat. Yeravim Benavat, his hand dried up. And Sitkia, Nebuchadnezzar blinded his eyes. Shah <coughs> explains that when he says that the house will publicize his sins, that means in this world, your neighbors, you know, the word gets out. But even if you do get away with it in this world, in the world to come, so if, a person, if a person sin, so you create negative angels. So the angels will come and testify against you. You created all this negative energy. If you sin in speech, so that's your, your, your ruach. Your ruach, your neshama is your speech. So that will testify of all the sins that you did with uh, by speaking. And if you didn't do a positive mitzvah, then all your organs will testify. Because the actions are your organs. And you could have done a mitzvah and you didn't do it, so they're going to testify that you deprived them of doing the Ramach mitzvah saseh corresponding to Ramach Evadim, 248 limbs. It says in Deuteronomy, in, in, in Hazinu, Hashem is faithful and there's no... Right, there's no iniquity. Everything is straight. So the Gebrais explains, Just like Hashem punishes the wicked. Even the slight of it, you can think, a Russia did big sins. 
Who's going to pay attention to the small tins? No, you're going to have to answer for everything. You're even going to have to answer for Eidav Tavshilin. Why he didn't make Eidav Tavshilin? What do you mean? He murdered, he raped, he did the worst sins. No, 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 no. Yes, you're going to have to answer for that. But you're going to have to answer even for Aveda Kala. So too Hashem punishes the righteous in this world for the slightest Aveda. He doesn't show any favoritism. Very novel. There's nothing crooked. It's rewards for the slightest mitzvah that they, they, they've done, for the tiniest, smallest mitzvah. For the slightest mitzvah that we do, Hashem does not remain indebted. Hashem will pay reward. Now he's not getting Elam Haba, but in this world, Hashem will give him a nice reward. You wonder why his stock went up? Why he became a billionaire? Maybe it's a. <laughs> Hashem is giving him a reward for this for mitzvah kala that he did, for that small mitzvah that he did. Hashem is, there's no crookedness. Hashem gives everyone what he deserves, both the positive and the negative. Amru, the rabbi said, when a person passes away, everything is spelled out before. And they tell him, This is what you did. In this place, in this day. And he says, Hey, it's true. I did it. Maybe in today's modern version, they show him a video of your whole life. <laughs> you see a movie of your whole life. This is what you did. And they recorded the day, the time, the stamp. It's all stamped in this place, and this day. This is what you did. And the angels say to him, Put your seal. Did you do this? That you did this. B'chayzim, and he signed. It says, it says in Job, everyone is going to sign. You're going to sign on your own, on your own life. Not only that, that you say what Hashem is going to, uh, the din that Hashem is going to give me is righteous, it's correct. And he says to them, it's correct, it's a correct din. I am Hashem to fulfill what it says in Psalms 51. That even in the eyes of people, you titztak, you will you will make Hashem right. You will say that what Hashem is doing, even Hashem is punishing me, but it's correct. It's righteous. It's correct. I deserve it. I earned it. Hashem to said that really nobody. Nobody has a power over neshama. Neshama is a piece of Hashem. So even the bezim shall No one has a power to give a verdict over a, a, a Jew. The only one who can give a verdict on a Jew is the Jew himself. So that's why it's important that the, the Jew has to has to agree with this with this verdict. He has to ju- like he's judging himself. He's agreeing with this verdict. Because if he doesn't agree, no one has the power to to judge him. Whoever fasts a lot, you're a sinner. Somebody holds, he holds like this, but we learn, what does it say? A Nazarite who became impure in the middle of his Nazirus, let's say it was for 30 days, it can't be less than 30 days, or however long he took upon himself, and then he came in contact with a corpse. So then, after, so then he has to stop his, his counting. He has to wait seven days until he's purified with the red heifer, the ashes. The eighth day he brings his sacrifices. 
one sin offering and one burnt offering. And why do you have to bring a sin offering? He has to atone for the sin that he sinned. What do you mean, Allah Nefesh? The literal meaning is that he killed someone, he didn't kill someone, he touched a corpse. What do you mean? He didn't kill anyone, he just touched the corpse. He became impure. Hello. The sin is The sin is that he deprived himself of wine. And that's why he has to bring an atonement for depriving himself. How much more so? The only thing he deprived himself of wine is called a sinner. Someone who deprived himself of everything. He becomes weak because of a fast. Allah has come of a kama that he's called a sinner. Compare, you can ask us. A nazir is depriving himself of 30 days. A fast, you're fasting one day. But a nazir is only depriving himself of wine. Fasting all day, you're not eating or drinking anything. It's the equivalent. Say, why is he called a sinner? Because why would a person deprive himself, start fasting, and start uh, start uh, depriving himself of wine? Because you must have sinned a lot. That you need, you need that. You know, you need that deprivation. Others say no, because fasting is going to weaken you. You can't study Torah if you're weak. In the olden days, they fasted a lot because they were strong. So the fast was, wasn't a big deal for them. It was just a question of holding back your cravings. But it didn't affect them physically. Today, we're very weak. That's why today you have to be careful to fast. Because unless, if it's going to make you weak, you won't be able, you won't have the strength and the energy to learn Torah and do mitzvahs, then you're not allowed to. You're a worker. You're working for Hashem. You can't work, you can't show up to work and fast and you can't do your work because you're, you're too, too weak. So we're working for Hashem. You don't have that right. Pesvis says, we learned that a person is allowed to wound yourself. And, and the Gemara explains, Shmuel says, it means referring to fasting. You're allowed to fast. You're allowed to wound yourself. So he says, so he says, it's not a contradiction. Really, whoever fasts, you're sinning. But nevertheless, it's still a mitzvah. It's, it's, the mitzvah that you're doing by fasting is greater than the sin. Like it says, if you see a woman, a saita, why does the Torah... Right, you saw a harlot. So you see that even though it's a sin, but sometimes you have to, you have to hurt yourself. Sometimes you have, to, you have to damage yourself because the benefit is much greater. So yes, it is a sin. Like uh, the Torah tells us to hate. Hating harms us. You have to hate a malik. Hating is no good. It's no good to hate. But you have to. Mm-hmm. Yes, when you see evil, you have to get angry and you have to hate and you have to respond. So even though it hurts yourself, but so what? So sometimes you have to hurt yourself. So even though you're hurting yourself, you're fasting and you're hurting yourself and it's a sin. But if you feel that you need it, if you feel to protect you from being a harlot or protect you, and you need that extra atonement, then you're allowed to. Just like you're allowed to fast on Shabbos. If you have a disturbing dream, you're allowed to fast on Shabbos. 
How are you allowed to fast? You have to fast after Shabbos to atone for the sin of fasting on Shabbos. So even though it's, it's not a good thing to fast on Shabbos. Shabbos. But, but you're allowed to fast because it overrides. So it overrides. So yes, it's a negative. It overrides. But the Rambam says that fasting is like Shmuel. You're a sinner. You're not allowed to... <laughs> fast. But I would say it means it's only rabbinically prohibited. Because the Torah only tells us about a Nazir. The Torah doesn't tell us that anyone who deprives himself is a sinner, anyone who fasts. It only teaches us by a Nazir. So, so when Shmuel says you're allowed to fast, he means that biblically you're allowed to fast. But when he says here that you're, that you're a sinner, he means that rabbinically, just like the Torah says that if someone who deprives himself of wine, the Nazir needs an atonement. So too, rabbinically, if a person fasts, it's, um, it's a sinner. He's called a sinner. All the more so. If one just take, doesn't take wine, but someone who doesn't take all kinds of stuff. Yeah, yeah. that's the opinion. That's Shmuel's opinion. Rabbi Lazar, Rabbi Lazar argues. Whoever fasts is called holy. Shemer it says by by a nazir kaddish year, kadol peres adreshi. Someone who's a nazirite is kaddish. On the contrary, it's an ideal. How much more so if you sit and fast? Only the pride of one thing of wine. Nikra kaddish is called a kaddish holy. You're depriving yourself of everything. You're not eating or drinking anything. How much more so? He called a kaddish. So fasting is actually very powerful. We know that fast, the fast day, is a day of Eserot. Tremendously, tremendously powerful, positive thing. The devil brings in Tanya and he gets the truth. Fa- fa- fasting is a very powerful thing. We know the power of fasting, how it affects the body. Tremendously. Just even 24-hour fasting, tremendous healing that it brings to the body. So, you know, that's just the sp- symptom. The physical is a symptom of the spiritual. The fasting is a tr- tremendous thing. It's Kaddish. You're holy. But as long as it doesn't, it doesn't harm you from serving Hashem. If you grow so weak that you can't serve Hashem, just like you're not allowed to, a worker can't fast and he can't do an honest day's labor. So if you're not going to be able to learn Torah because you're fasting, then you're not allowed to. According to Shmuel, according to Shmuel, who holds that it's called Chayte, but the Torah calls him a Kaddish, Nikir Kaddish. What Shmuel going to do with the pasuk? So you might answer. Shmuel will explain the who Agidel Perakoy. The Torah is speaking about making, leaving his here to grow. Kaddish here, Gadol Perak. The Torah is saying that the here is Kaddish. The here is holy. You're not allowed to. You're not allowed to benefit from the here. Not the Nazir is called Kaddish. The here is called Kaddish. That the here has Kedusha, has holiness. You're not allowed to benefit benefit from the here. Sometimes you have to. You have to sometimes you have to harm yourself. Like, like fat, like well, yeah, like fasting on Shabbos. Sometimes you have to you have to harm yourself for a greater good. No, but he says not. Maybe not. Maybe he says you're not allowed to. That that's Taisu's question. Taisu's asked. It seems like 
that um, it's it's biblically prohibited. It's you're not allowed to, and the Tater's upset, and you have to bring a chattis for it. And then Shmuel says that you're allowed to fasting. So he says no. So so Tater's answers yes. It is a syntake, but sometimes you have to. You have to do it. You have no choice. On the thing on TV. <laughs> Is that true? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> That's what Tessa's answer. Okay. Yeah, because they're all politicians. But as an Abu Lazar. Well, Lazar, according to Abu Lazar, who says that the Nazar is called a Kaddish. How's he going to explain that the calls him a sinner? It says, He's sin. So Abu Lazar will explain how who. The sin is that he contaminated. He only brings a chattas when if he became contaminated in the middle. He should have been careful. And now he has to count over again. All, everything that he counted is, is you throw out the window and they have to start to count all over again. You start from, from the beginning, from scratch. So that's the sin. That, that he became impure. He has to, he's not allowed to. Yeah, yeah, he's not allowed to make He has to be careful. He's not allowed to come in contact with a mace. It's like a koyin. He's not allowed to come in contact with a mace. That's his sin. The Amr Rabbi Lazar really say this that whoever fasts is called holy. A person should measure himself. We continue on side B. As if his 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 intestines is inside is holy, and you're not allowed to you're not allowed to fast. It says It says in So it's a hint that the the holiness is within you. Your stomach is holy. Your intestines is holy. Your inside is holy. Your digestive system is holy. Therefore, you're not allowed to. You're not allowed to. Uh, yeah, you're not allowed to make it. Make it. Uh, you know, slim it down. said, when you consider the holy, if it doesn't bother you, you, you can handle the fast. Yes, you're hungry, but you can hang, handle the hunger pains. Nothing will happen to you. We have so much fat here that you can fast. You can fast no problem for six days straight and you won't even, it's no big deal. There's so much fuel there. But if you can't, it's very difficult for you. Then you're not allowed to make yourself thin and skinny and if you, you're inside, then, then you're not allowed. Then you call the sin. And therefore, maybe this answers also the other question. Oh, no, no. The Tater is talking about... That's, he doesn't answer the question. When he asked earlier, why the Tater calls him a sinner, why doesn't he say, maybe because he couldn't, he couldn't fast? Because we're talking about the same case. Someone who fasted, who's a Nazir, who could fast, who could... He could take it upon himself. He's just depriving his craving for wine. But he could take it upon himself. It's not... So he, that's what he explained, because he came in contact with, with the impurity, that's his sin. A third opinion, whoever is fast, is called a chassid. Then it says in Proverbs, 
Gemel Nafshe Ish that whoever does a favor to his soul to give it life to feed it to give it what it needs he's a kind person because he'll also have Rachmanus and, 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 and another person also but someone who fasts but someone who fasts because he's karg he's stingy he doesn't fagin to spend any money on himself so he doesn't want to eat Imagine how much money you save if you're fasting. <laughs> so surely he's not going to have Rachmanus and someone else. If it's if it's for me, it's good enough to fast for six days. The other person can fast for twelve days. I don't have to give him a penny. So that's what he says. Whoever holds himself. So so Rabbi Shlakish expounded what it means is whoever holds back, holds back from eating and drinking is called a chassid. And whoever fasts. That's the answer. Moshe Rabbeinu was on the mountain 40 days. He says, but whoever holds the prize himself back, he's, he's, he's cruel. Because a person who can't handle it, you have to know yourself. If you can handle it, it's just a question. A question of, of overcoming your craving, overcoming your hunger, then you're a chassid. But if you can't, then it's cruelty. And the only reason you're doing it, even though it's so difficult for you, is because you push it stingy. <laughs> you don't begin to spend a dime on yourself. So you'd rather starve, even though you're in pain. But it's more painful for you to spend money. So surely you're going to be a cruel person. If you can't spend money on yourself, you're surely not spending money on someone else. It's too painful. Mm-hmm. You know, someone, someone once gave tzedakah and he wrote the check and the rabbi saw how painful it was to write the check. He had Rahmanus and said, please don't kill yourself. Keep the money. <laughs> it's not worth it. It's, you know, if, if giving tzedakah is so painful to a person, it's never. Mm-hmm. You push it, uh, you can't part with your money, then, then, you know, don't do anyone any favors. That's an arzadi. The student, the Yosibatanes, who was sitting and fasting, who sits and fasts, it's as if he ate a dog for his meal. In other words, his fast is, is, is worthless. It's as if that the reason why he's not eating is because a dog ate his meal. So he doesn't have what to eat. In other words, it's no big deal, it's not like it's praiseworthy. He has nothing to eat. Because if, if it's hard for him to fast, and he won't be able to learn, he's a shiva student, he won't be able to learn properly, then it's not, it's not worthwhile that he's fasting. Then it's worthless. Country. All the laws of a tiny sibur doesn't apply outside the land of Israel. That the... All the laws of the time, the strictness of a, of, a fa- of a communal fast day when there's no rain. You have to start fasting the night before, and it's like Yom Kippur and Tishaba, you take your shoes off, you know, out to bathe. That doesn't apply outside the land of Israel. Ella Tishaba Bavad, only fast day that we fast for Tzara, Tishaba, anywhere in the world, we fast the night before, and we take off our shoes, and we don't bathe, etc. Torah scholars not allowed to fast 
because it will make him weak and he won't have the energy and the strength to learn, to serve Hashem. You have to learn, you have to daven, you need strength, you need kayach. So therefore, you're not allowed to fast. And in general, our generations are very weak. We're very weak generations. We're the snowflake generation. So for our generation, for most people, if they fast, they're not used to it and it's very, very difficult. Even the regular fast, is, most people struggle it's very difficult. Of course, if it's not difficult for you, and, it's, it's, and then you learn and you, to do it, and it's not difficult at all, on the contrary. So again, it's, not, it's a very subjective. He's not saying it, there's no black and white. Yeah. Talking about, you have to know yourself. And you have to know. The person learned all the advantages of fasting, tremendous advantages of fasting, yeah. tremendous health benefits and advantages, then, then, then it's a different story. You know, again, but just to fast for the sake of fasting, if it makes you weak, then you're not allowed. Okay, we learn now Mishnah that if it comes the 17th of Cheshvan and there's no rain, so the Yechidim, the individuals, will start fasting. And these fast days, Eichlem V'Shaisen, you're allowed to eat the night before, and the fast day is only a 12 hour fast, only a day fast. An individual accepted upon himself a fast. He says, I'm going to fast tomorrow. You can take upon yourself. I'm going to fast tomorrow. Even if he ate and drank all night, till dawn, the next day when you're fasting during the day, you can say, you can say the tefillah of Tainus. But after the fast day is over, you went to sleep and you didn't break your fast. So even though you're fasting, you're still fasting, you didn't break your fast, the following day, the second day of the fast, you can't say Anen, because you never accepted upon yourself. What does Rabbi Huna hold? But he said that if, if you accept a fast day, even though you're not fasting, you're not starting your fast, you accepted it the day before, the end of the day, let's say by Mincha. Tomorrow I'm going to fast. And then you continue to eat all through the night. The next day you can say, Anenu. But if you were fasting all night, and the next day you're still fasting, you can't say, Anenu. So what, what's his logic? If he holds, that a fast day has to be a complete day, from dawn till, 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 till the stars go out. So even, but, but you can't just fast for a few hours. You can't say, you know what, I'm going to start my fast right now for the next few hours, for the next six hours, for half a day I'm going to fast. That doesn't count. So therefore, it's not a fast. If you would change your mind, you, you, you decide to have breakfast instead, it's fine. Because <laughs> the, the fast is never, never applies. So, th- so, so to hear, even though he's fasting, but since he never accepted upon himself that he's fasting, <clears throat> he just decided the last minute, you know what, I'm not going to break my fast. I like it, I like it. I like how it feels. I feel great. I'm not so hungry. I'm going to continue the fast. That doesn't make the next day a fast. Mm-hmm. Deciding on the moment, tiny choice is not... Is, 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 I do more, perhaps, maybe Rabbi Huna holds a You could fast for a few hours. 
And accepting that, you know what, I'm going to continue the fast is also good. But nevertheless, behold, that you, yes, it's a fast day. It is a fast. And you're obligated to continue your fast. But you don't say Aneinu. Aneinu, you only say the prayer, the special prayer for fast. You only say if it's a complete fast, a complete day. That was Rabbi Yasef's question. Really, says you could fast for a few hours. And if you fast for a few hours, when you daven, you do say an Here is different. Why does he say you don't say an Because you have a few hours into the night that he fasted without accepting upon himself from yesterday. Just when you fast, you have to take upon yourself the fast day before. Before you start the fast. Here, he was already fasting. In the middle of the fast, he decided to extend his fast. If you extend your fast in the middle of the fast, that doesn't count. Mm-hmm. It's not a fast day at all. And you can break your fast you can right then and there. And of course, you don't say a name. Marukve Ikle, Marukve happened to visit... Ginzak, place called Ginzak. Boy, I mean, hey, the people of Ginzak asked Rabu Marukva, Is it considered a fast day? We take upon ourselves, I'm going to fast for the next six hours. Is it, is it obligatory? We have to fast and we can't, uh, we can't uh, break the fast? Or not? Well, I have a be other, you didn't know the answer. <coughs> they asked him another question. Jars, earthen jars of Goy of non Jews. That the non-Jews used for their wine, non-kosher wine, yainas asurin, is it prohibited for a Jew to use it? When he empties out the drugs of the non-kosher wine, could he replace it with kosher wine, hmm. or not? Because maybe the the taste of the non-kosher wine will enter from the drug into the kosher wine. perhaps because after a long time it dries up and then the the wine is gone. So now when you put in kosher wine, there's nothing of the old wine that will enter into the new wine. You didn't know the answer. They asked him, another question they asked him, when Moshe served during the dedication of the tabernacle. So how did Moshe, how did Moshe, how did Moshe serve? Which did he wear? Four, did he wear what kind of garments? Did he wear the garments of a koyin or not? Lava be other didn't know the answer. So also the went. He went to the went back to the house of study. Went back to the koyin and asked all these three questions. Amrulei, they said to him, the A person could take upon himself to fast for a few hours. And if you fast for a few hours before you start to fast, and it becomes obligatory, mispal into us. Tainus, you can say Aneinu. Hilchas and the laws you can count. Shall nachrim jars drugs of a non-Jew that that held the yayin yayin prohibited wine. Laachar shnei masach chedesh mutarin. If it, if you if it was empty for twelve months, then everything that's inside that's absorbed, the wine that's inside inside is completely gone, mm-hmm. and then you're allowed to use it for for, for kosher wine. Mm-hmm. Because the taste that was swallowed in, that was absorbed, is gone. And the third question, just wore 
a set of, of white, pure linen. He didn't need, he didn't need the garments of a koyin. Moshe mm-hmm. was able to serve just with a pure linen, pure linen garment. That's what Ashi learns. But others say that Moshe served with the white clothes of a, of a simple koyin. In other words, he didn't wear the eight garments of a koyin mm-hmm. gadol, only the, the four garments of a koyin. Hmm. learned that this this white garment that Moshe wore didn't have any any border. Didn't have there was no no nothing was sewed into it. It was all woven from one woven and there was nothing sewed or added to it. So people shouldn't suspect him that Moshe maybe he sewed in and he sewed in he's keeping something from the temple he's hiding in in his uh, you know sewed in he'll smuggle in or smuggle out. Okay, we'll stop over here. Everyone have a wonderful good yamtiv, good yamtiv.